podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Liberberg Pod. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we've spoken to you, but it feels like an awful lot has happened since we last got together. So uh, joining me for this one, I have Randy and I have Amy Kate. Hello, ladies. How are you doing? Hello. Good morning. Hiya. Good morning. Good evening. Um, <laughs> we, are, we are covering many, many time zones. Uh, so welcome aboard. Thanks very much for joining me. So let's kick right off. Um, we left our training ground. We left the marvellous Melwood and it closed its doors for the last time uh, in the last week. And we have moved to our new site in Kirby. Um, um, Randy, let me let me start with you. Uh, are there any particular um, little things that you remember from Melwood and what what does the new facility look like to you i know we've we've had a, a chance to look at the sort of invitation brochure if you want for the <laughs> for the kirby facilities uh it's so strange because you know if you look at those or that uh video that is uh i think it's so many videos made actually about melbourne these days and yeah uh, looking back you know the ages and the looking at the old plays that I don't really know who, who they are uh, and then moving on to these days it, it's really touching isn't it because and all the old plays that are on Twitter and stuff like that that comes in and you know says this is this was my home and yes. so I think it's quite touching and uh, and uh, yeah it, it just reminds us doesn't it how um huge this club is how important it has been for so many people and how all these things that we take for granted is just not we shouldn't we should really you know uh, look at it as uh, an important place and stuff like that but i looking at the brochure as you said about um, mm. kirby mm. it looks brilliant doesn't it it really looks absolutely amazing so i think for all the guys that are there now and you can see them and on Twitter these days as well, they, they're sort of uh, driving in there and uh, being quite thrilled about it all. And I think that's a good thing. So everyone needs to move on and uh, Liverpool definitely are. I think it's yeah. a good thing. It's um, it's one of the sort of 70 years of history um, that we had um, at Melwood, Amy Kate. So, you know, the, it's there's a, a sort of bittersweet piece I think in terms of um, you know all, all of the amazing players who came through the doors um, uh, at Melwood and you know trained on those grounds and we won't have the Melwood lean anymore for, for new signings 
I know. So, um, <laughs> I kind of look forward to that. You know, it's it's such a um, you're like like you said, bittersweet because you know, 70 years of history. Um, you know, any player you talk to or listen to, you know, um, they have all this history, and it's just. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a history person. Like I love the nostalgia of it all. Um, it's like an end of an era, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's sad, but yet this new facility, the state of the art, all the things and how modern it is. Um, there's something to be said about that. And I was actually lucky enough in 2015 to be at a charity event, um, it was it was um fans versus legends basically um mm-hmm. and it was a match between the land the, the fans versus the legends game and i was at kirby at the academy and got to watch and it was such a neat thing to see and tiny little you know box that probably fit like maybe 50 people in it um it was a really <laughs> cold cold i mean i literally flew in from into Manchester, ended up going to Liverpool, dropping our stuff up at the hotel, and went straight to Kirby. And, you know, coming into the gates and everything. And obviously, it looks nothing like that now since 2015. But I just remember thinking, wow, this place is spectacular. And um, so seeing all the new stuff and all how big it was, um, and it was such a cute little field, and um, there was gates around it. It just, it, it was it was really neat and walking around the facility and um, that we got to see. Um, I can only imagine how, how it's going to look now. Um, I like the fact that everybody's together. I like the fact that, you know, first team and under 23s and, and everything. Um, it looks like a beautiful facility. The one thing that really bothers me is there's no mention of the women where are the, where's the facilities for the women. Why aren't they? Why that, don't they have something? I was going to. Um, that's what you I was going there. You knew I was going there. Yeah, going I knew, there. <laughs> I knew we were going there. Um, but I also I went through the I went through the brochure and and they, they are conspicuous by their absence. I mean, to be fair, it doesn't talk about the academy either. It only really yeah. talks about the first team and the under twenty twenty three. Now I have heard because because of the fact that I I, um, have friends in the media and people over um, I've, I've done a little digging and and there is, I'm going to call it a rumor because it's not public, but um, they are making, there there is talks that women, the women are coming, um, but COVID has kind of pushed the plans back, but I guess there was some backlash that the women weren't included. Um, To what degree? I don't know. I'm waiting to see because I was like really upset about it. I was like, this isn't, this isn't really something that's fair. Um, and knowing that Arsenal's women play alongside the men, there's a place at their academy that they, everything's the same and, and they're one team, which we're supposed to be one team. We're all Liverpool football club. So that means the, you know, the academy, the under 18s, the under 23s, the first team, the women's team, all of that is all Liverpool Football Club. And they even made a big point of saying we're one team. I think it was last season when they had, yeah. you know, yeah. 
the whole thing about that and including the women. And so um, I'm hoping to see that at some point in the very near future that they're going to um, have a place for them. Um, we'll see. But um, I was disappointed not to see it so far, but I'm, I'm going to hold back judgment because it's too yeah. soon to really, you know, I, 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 I don't want like to get on my high see, horse. Like to, yeah, I want to see what the club want, is going to actually say about it because like I said they yeah. haven't actually said anything either right um, doesn't mean that it's not it's just not spoken yeah mm. so Randy one one of the other things that's happening with this with this move to uh, Kirby is obviously they have the club have sold naming rights to AXA so it will be known as the AXA training centre or something um, and that's, you know, bringing more money into the coffers, which, you know, we'll come on to how, how the hell we're going to spend it. Um, <laughs> how, how do you feel about it? The, the, you know, this is the first naming rights that we've ever, we've done as a club. Um, is it is that something that you think is the is the right thing to do? You know, is it an inevitability or, you know, would you have preferred to just for it just to be, you know, Liverpool Football Club Training Centre? Yeah, I think I'm a bit um, old-fashioned in, the, in that way because I, I know they need to pick up money wherever they can. And they're all doing it, aren't they? All the big clubs, they're doing this. Um, uh, to me, it looks a bit uh, silly, you know. It's, it's, but then again, you, you, you are... You get used to it. <laughs> so I think, I mean, as long as we can see it, as you say, as long as we can feel that they're actually contributing, that we can see the money coming in and not just as in up the road in, at Old Trafford, but everything is about money, but you can't really, it, it's not mirrored in what the club is doing at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think we need to see, we need to uh, feel like it actually works in some way or another. And, uh, Maybe that can justify it uh, one way or another. But I think it's just you have to accept it. But I don't like it. I would like it to be <laughs> LFC everywhere all the time. That's it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think deep down we're, we're all purists, but we, we live yeah. in the real world. So, yeah. you know, in an ideal world, no, it would just, it would just be the Liverpool crest right. and the last bird and, and, you know, it, it would be great the the fact is it's you become know, very own, American <laughs> we, we yeah but it is very American and, and we have American <laughs> owners but by the same token to to be fair to them I know they're not everybody's cup of tea and they haven't done everything right but I think they're they're pretty decent owners yes they want the, the club I, to be self-sustaining um and but everybody's doing that though it's it's not yes it's it's I feel it's an Amer it's the American model, mm -hmm. and I think the rest of the world is joining on that bandwagon because you look at Highbury in 2005 was the last year 2005-6 season I believe is when the the I can't even say the word now. Um, they moved. Last they moved. Season in the ground. Yeah, so, so the new ground um, is the. Emirates, Emirates. yeah. So I couldn't spit out. Um, and 
it doesn't okay it, it sounds kind of weird but you're we're used to it now so it doesn't sound weird but that's a business you know um and so mm-hmm. they've it's, done it and 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 um well you I, know city play at the etihad and yes um, you know, the, so you know the the Brighton play at the Amex. Um, exactly. You know, it's not it's not it's not unusual in that respect. I'm not sure how many have have sold naming rights to the training grounds. If I'm honest, so I so for me that's slightly more unusual. Um, in the in the sort of the the U the UK model, you, I no. I can. Completely agree, and and you know wherever you go in the in the states, um, you know if you if you look at the the um, the stadia that they've got, I mean the, the L.A. Rams have just moved to some mad facility that's been built, and it's I, I don't I, I'm gonna I've got the name wrong completely, but because I know it's sort of some software something, but you know, and I'm I'm gonna tell I'm gonna say something that sounds like a hotel, but it's like the you know, Sofitel complex or something. Um, which, which, I don't even know, and I'm the only American here. I'm not yeah. an American football, so I'm like, mm. I but, saw it. Yeah. I saw it when I was what I was because I know you don't like it, but I do like the end. I was watching something, <laughs> and they were they. It was their first game in the in this new stadium, and they were sort of showing pictures of the, You know, they've got all of these solar right. panels. Blah blah blah. Any anyway, point being. You know, every time you go, you know, it's the MetLife Stadium, it's the this stadium, it's the, you know, the uh, it's the Mercedes Benz Arena, it's the whatever it is. So, so it's not the you know sponsorship um, and naming of stadiums is a is a new thing. Um, I mean, it might be relatively new in the UK, but it's been something we've been doing for at least ten or fifteen years now. Um, so it's not that. It's it's the fact that it's sort of where our players are for the bulk of the time, which is at the training ground, and that's got a different name. It's not just, you know, Liverpool's training ground. Right. Um, but by the same token, you know, they are state-of-the-art facilities and that money has got to come from somewhere. So it's that it, it's that balance, isn't it, between the, the I guess, the, the purist and the, the pragmatist in yeah. terms of, how do we ensure that we continue to, you know, give our players the best facilities and, and attract the best players with those facilities? Yeah. It, it, and it, it always got Anfield. Yes, thank God. It's not called something <laughs> strange. We do have Anfield. And, and at this point, I, I, you know, they haven't said there. I mean, how would you feel if the because because the next thing hopefully is the Anfield Road development how would you feel if they sold the naming rights to that stand Randy well as long as they don't touch the name Anfield in itself I'm fine with it because as you say I mean the money has to come from somewhere uh but it's like the King Kenny's and we've got that we got the name of Anfield and I think as long as we don't touch that I'm fine with it because it doesn't really matter that much to me but don't I touch mean, yeah. <laughs> to be fair I mean people are still talking about going in the Kemlin Road 
you know they're not even yeah. the, the anyway, they don't even necessarily call it the centenary stand or or no. the main stand or you know they you know people who've been going for a long time will still be referring to it as you know whatever it was known as back in the 70s yeah. or whatever um yeah. but you know we there is going to be a new breed of supporter uh, who I guess is a lot more comfortable with you know that sort of environment and you know not really fussed about you know naming rights they're they're you know as long as they're their team perform on the pitch so uh, you know fo- football is not what it was um and I know this is this is we, we sort of talked about uh, some of the things that we would uh, uh, pick up in terms of covering on this pod, but um, and it is sort of hot off the press. So I do. I'm just interested. So I know I'm sort of you know uh, catching you slightly unawares. But one of the things that came out over the last sort of 36 hours was was unsurprisingly the scrapping of pay per view uh, for games. Yeah. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> the sort of 15, 15 quid a game, and they're they're going back. You know, all games will be shown, um, and they will be. You know, if you've already got a subscription, you'll see it on whatever platform, and and a number of them will now be free to air as well on on the BBC in the UK. So uh, just just to round off this thing, Amy Kate. I mean, you know, there was a lot of protest from fans. There was a lot of sort of charity. Charitable donations raised. What what were your views um, about this experiment of pay per view? Well, I thought it was I I thought it was wrong in the first place. Like that they were going to charge fourteen ninety five a game, you know. And and like you said, you know, if it was on Sky or if it was on um, any other channel, um, I think BT or whatever. I understand you know, it's a little bit different here in the United States, but you have to pay a TV tax. Is that correct? The right word or license fee or whatever it is. So you're paying the government to, for your television. Then you yeah. have to pay for, um, you know, Sky a and all. Then there's subscription if you choose to, to pay right. a package so, from, from one, of the, the, yeah, one of the providers. Right. So you already have those costs. And then, you know, for example, it's the games on Sky, but they've decided to make that a pay-per-view. You're already paying for Sky. If yes. if you don't have it and you want to pay, watch the game that, you know, and you, you don't have Sky and you want to pay the one-time fee, that's one thing. But then trying to charge them after they're already paying prescription, oh, but that's, but this is, this is an addition to? No, that was just taking the piss. And I'm really glad that people came together and they made they raised so much money in the Premier League. Every game or every team, all 20 teams, and I'm assuming that you know there was others. You know, maybe maybe Championship and stuff was involved in, in it as well. I don't know how the TV TV works. You know, beyond Premier League, but they raised a lot of money for really good causes, and I'm really happy about that. And that means that it's not going to happen again. But the point of this whole thing, I mean, not continue to happen with yeah. that much money. Um, but so, but the thing is, it's like this is just taking advantage of of fans, and I'm glad that the fans came back and and did good with it. And again, we've in a way won the argument because they're taking it away. They they realized, you know, they're not going to get the money anyway. So it it's a good thing that um, 
that they're stopping. I just hope that the charity work still goes because there's still a lot of people that are in need. And I really, really am in awe of all the fans that were like, we'll give our money to whatever charity it was, you know, for us, obviously for Liverpool, it was the food banks, which was great, which they really need it. Um, but you know, the different other Premier leagues, but every team had their supporters groups doing it. And I thought that that was great. that The fans came together. Yeah. So um, I think it's a win-win now. Um, yeah. I think maybe sometimes the, the fans underestimate how much power we actually have. Um, well, I think, I think the, on the other flip side of that i think that um you know the greedy bastards of television or owners of things i think that they they underestimate you know what the fans will do (laughs) you know yeah and the thing is you know there is a so i i think there is a possibility that 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 model could have worked in terms of pay-per-view if they pitched it uh, I don't know, four ninety nine. Now, I'm not saying I would have necessarily signed up to watch a game, but I, th- I think a proportion of people would have for a fiver. Um, they would have right. thought, you know what? Mm. I think I think I could, you know, I think I could stretch to that for a specific game. So I, I suppose I worry that they're going to try and come back and try and try and pitch it in a in a different way because you know that's to an extent almost the model that you've got in Spain um where it's, you know the, the bulk of the money goes to Barcelona uh, Real Madrid because, wow. of, because of their TV rights and and then you know the rest of it kind of filters down uh you know sort of piecemeal so, and I really don't want us to to get into that at all. Um, you know, yeah. one of one of the things, whilst not all of the owners may like it, I think one of the positive things is around the equal distribution in the Premier League in terms of TV money. Everybody gets the same, and then you get the top up depending on you know if you play extra games, and then mm-hmm. clearly you get a separate amount of money depending on where you finish in the Premier League. But but actually there is an equity in that that I think it's very dangerous for us to to try and step away from. Well, I think, you know, if you look at it, like what you just described for the Premier League, I find it very important because not that I know enough about, um, you know, other countries, Spain or, or otherwise on how they do it. But the rich get richer and the poor get poorer kind of theory is what what comes to mind. Um if you're oh, giving it to, if you're not distributing it equally amongst all teams, then you know not all teams are financially at the same spots, and they can't afford a lot of things. So the money, the TV money, as much as it's crazy, however things, how much money is out there, that's a big deal, and that that really um, helps um, fund things for for the teams. So why? the top of the table would have all the money like you know city has spends a lot of money um liverpool aren't the biggest spenders but they spend it wisely but why would you know why should they get less money or more money depending on where they're on the table i understand that you know winning extra games where you are on the table that money makes sense but 
the TV rights should be split amongst all the teams equally. So that it makes it more fair financially to compete because you want the league to be competitive. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I think that helps with that. If, if you're, um, you know, if you're not getting the same amount of TV rights at TV right money as say, you know, the first, the top six, and then like the bottom three don't, they're at the bottom three and it's just, they're going to go down because they, they can't they, afford they, it. Um, they become cannon fodder as well. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, what, what has been proved, which is why, um, you know, it may not be the, the, the best technical league in the world, but why it's the most popular is because of the competitiveness of the Premier League, because any team can legitimately beat any other team. Um, it doesn't Especially have to, in 2020 with everything going well, on. 2020, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> let's just, you know, all bets are off in right. 2020. Well, the, um, the, uh, so, oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say to to uh, Randy, it was, we, we're going to, we're sort of move, going to move from this into uh, sort of talking about the team in in, in more depth. But, um, you know, we've seen some, you know, very bizarre results already this season. You know, our own result against Villa, um, Mm -hmm. maybe slightly less bizarre, but, you know, the the City game against Leicester. But, um, you know, the the 6-1 for, uh, was it Man U against Spurs and stuff. You know, there's been some really kind of weird, weird games. And... I suppose what other than us, as we as we come into you know starting to talk about the team, is where you think where you think that's going to go in this weirdest of seasons because the likelihood is that there won't be any fans back in. Um, you know, if we're really lucky and there's been the you know clearly. Uh, in in world news, um, you know they're talking about a vaccine, and you know if the if it gets you know licensed and if it gets rolled out, you know maybe we can see some sort of normality coming back sometime next year. But the likelihood is, if we're very lucky, there might be some fans back in the stadiums towards the back end of the season, but likelihood is maybe not. Um, so, how do you see this? weird as the season sort of panning out from from a from a kind of performance point of view because we know that it's a really really tight calendar I mean there's no there's no real room for maneuver and and you know rescheduling of games are we are we expecting to see more of these sort of, you know stand out result score lines coming through uh, this is a very different a difficult question, I feel, because in one way, the no fans is changing the game a bit uh, for me. Uh, it is sort of turning it into a different sport. And I think all the teams has to adjust to that. And you can see it all around the world because it is different. But in Germany, Norway, probably different places, people are coming back into the ground, but they are just a few. So, but at least with people in the ground, somebody cheering you, even though it's 30 people, you know, it is the same game as before. In England now, and it's, it's going to probably stay 
like this all season. It's nobody in the ground to, to share you on. And so many players, you can see it affects them. And I think it sort of turns the game into something else. And after a while, you're going to get used to that. So let's see. Let's say then, for the sake of it, we don't get any fans back this season at all. So after Christmas, people are going to sort of getting used to it. And then yeah. hopefully, I mean, in my head, hopefully that will turn like somebody like Bobby Firmino into something else again. Because I, I don't think he's been himself since uh, the no fans. And I think it might be all different sorts of reasons for that. But I think some of it has to do with the no fans. So all the players are getting used to it. The teams are getting used to it. And, and you know, come February, they're all going to go, oh, yeah, this is the game now and, and gotten used to it. And hopefully that's going to make some sort of difference because at the moment, I think we're all suffering a bit from it. And it might have to do with all the injuries as well. You know, they're playing so many games. They haven't had a proper rest. Uh, so mentally and physically, they're all over the place and then no fans and looking at small clips of videos you know these days for example looking back at the uh, Barcelona game the sound mm. is absolutely amazing it's like you, it, I've already forgotten about it you know so mm -hmm. for the players this must be such a shock and such a very different world to be in and I definitely think it affects us and uh I don't know. You can you can listen to my aunt and I was all over the place. And I think it's because of, <laughs> it is so strange. It's such a strange thing. It's a different game. So you, you mentioned uh, Norway and Germany in terms of, um, you know, the, you are starting to see small amounts of fans uh, coming back into the game. I, I know, you know, in Germany, you you do have a top two really, which are Bayern Munich and uh, Dortmund. But uh, you know, you I'm not suggesting you go to games in the Norwegian league. But have you noticed anything with fans coming back, Randy? I mean, is it are 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 the results more normal in inverted commas now that you know crowds are coming back into to games? Yeah. Or is it too soon to tell? I don't know. Um, um, I used to go to the games in Oslo, uh, but these days because, uh, well, also the different reasons, mainly, but because it's so few fans that get in, I'm yeah. not one of those that is first in the queue. And okay. I'm, I don't mind that, you know. So, But when I watch it on telly now, I can feel the difference and you can see the players are responding differently because it is people there sharing mm. for them. So it definitely has something to do it um, affects the game a lot. So the, the plays are different. And uh, in England, I think it is a mixture between uh, VAR and no people oh. there uh, because you can't <laughs> celebrate any, anything, you know. So, so you're, the energy is so low compared to when there's people in there. So yeah. if you look away from the VAR, you still would celebrate for the fans in a way. And that's, I can see that in Norway, that happens. They are much more, you know, they celebrate, they have much more feelings about when they are fans in the, in the stands, even 
if you have the VAR. So I think it is a mixture of everything, but the fans do play a big part. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I don't think I don't think any of us would disagree. So, so Amy, Kate, we we said we would start talking about you know the the team in more detail and the um, you know what what's what's been happening. So clearly, uh, it's been a difficult season for us injury wise. Um, you know, uh, we we started off early in the season. We we lost, you know, Allison. We lost Simicas. We we had various other things, and then uh, obviously in the Merseyside derby, we lost uh, Virgil Van Dyke to yeah. a likely see, you know, season-ending um, injury. Uh, we then. Um, played City and we, we probably will talk about that slightly we lost um well actually to be fair we lost Thiago in the same game yes Trent the, and Thiago together Derby. um we then lost uh Alexander Arnold at the City game and then most recently uh we've lost Joe Gomez on uh England's duty um, and just, you know, just to put the cherry on top of the cake, uh, Mo Salah's tested positive for COVID. So, whilst, whilst <laughs> like, either either attending oh. his brother's wedding and or being with the Egypt squad, I, I've, I've got no idea. So, you know, defensively, we are going to be stretched. <laughs> really, Stretch is really putting it mildly. Stretched. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel, I feel so desperately sad for for Joe Gomez. You know, this is his third yeah. kind of what I call a serious injury in his career, and he's, and he's still only twenty three. Um, <sighs> so, so, you know, where do we go from here, Amy? I don't even what, know how to answer options? that. <laughs> well, I'm half joking and I'm half not. We still have Millie, you know, he can play anywhere. Um, <laughs> I love him. Yeah, I mean, I'm joking, and, and but I'm kind of serious because he's going to have to step it up, and, and he will. But he's not, you know, he's he's an older player. I mean, everybody um, can see his value, but at the same time, I mean, he's, he's he can't – he's he's at a part in his – a time in his career that he can't play – you know, two games in a week. I mean, if I if I have this right, the next six games we play, or I'm sorry, the next three games we play in six days um, between Champions League and and um, and Premier League. That's takes a toll on on any team, and we're you know we've lost so many players. We have six out right now, and the whole back line. I mean, it's just, you know, what do you do? I mean, you have to, to, you have to use what you've got. Um, so I'm glad we have Klopp. I'm dying to see what he has, you know, up his sleeve. <laughs> um, we, you know, January can't get here quick enough, but who are they looking at? Who could actually fill in? And, you know, at the same time, I mean, I know that, You've got Verge is out for the season. We know this. Um, yeah. That I mean, so Gomez is out for the season, and Gomez is out. So we know that that you know we, we 
Fabinho and Trent and Tiago will be back. It, I think we we yeah. read somewhere about four weeks. Um, as much as I am not a fan of um, international duty, especially during this time, um, at least that keeps Trent from getting hurt more because he's injured, and um, he'll be he'll be back, and he's not missing as many games. So I think that you know the international break kind of helps in that way but I mean why are we playing friendlies during COVID and during oh. this whole situation um I just mind-boggling like what what's going on in their minds madness. it's crazy and I've, I've got no idea Joe wouldn't be injured right now um because he got injured I believe if I have this right actually in warm-up not even playing in a game yeah. Yeah. Um, so, not to say that he couldn't have injured himself warming up at practice for the, you know, for the first team with Liverpool. You know, no, anything could have happened, you know, but you still. You you can, but I I genuinely believe that he, you know, with the way we would monitor the players, we would we would have known he was in the red or whatever we call it these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And probably would have. I don't think he. I don't think he would be doing that sort of training had he been with the club. And and it's you know that's easy for me to say. But um, and like I said, there wasn't anybody around him when he went. Um, now I know that there is. Here's a plug plug for Anfield Index. I know that there has been a a very recent pod uh, going through. And I think it's it's either one of the fatigue index or the under pressure pods where they've actually talked around um, the nature of the injury for Gomez and Van Dyke. And if you're into that sort of stuff, you know, they, they you know, they make it quite simple for, you know, us non-technical people. Um, Gomez's injury is not a good injury. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, the, the, the recovery is difficult and there is no guarantee that you you know, you come back and you have the same, you know, the same ability in terms of speed and all of things. So, so I really, really hope he has a really good and strong and, uh, you know, uh, as, as, um, as positive a recovery as possible. But I, but, you know, from, from what they were saying, um, and I only picked up bits and bobs because I haven't had a chance to listen to the whole thing is, you know, they are worried about how he will come back from from this injury so so let's let's all you know think positive thoughts and and keep our fingers crossed but yes you know when you talk about it you you've basically got three of our first choice back line out and then just to add insult to injury um you know fantastic for scotland in terms of um (laughs) qualifying for the euros next year in his yeah. post-game interview, what did Andy Robertson say? Yeah, I've I've had had my left hamstring was really tight for the for the last twenty, and and he played 120 minutes. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, that, that frankly, just just go and just wrap him up in cotton wool. He doesn't <laughs> need to play again, right? They've qualified. Just leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Send him back to us because because that would ju- that would just be a piss take of the highest proportion. I'm delighted for him, 
but he oh, needs yeah. to sort his hamstring out now. I'm right. just praying to God it's just cramp. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I know I was uh, actually looking to see if there was anything, but I haven't seen anything, you know, saying otherwise. But no, well, he's yeah. he's with the Scotland squad, isn't he? So mm-hmm. is that on the piss uh, now? Yeah, well, yeah, he's he's having he's having a few cheeky vimtos, um, so, for it for his uh, for his aunt Vera, so which is which I think is lovely. It's a, like a little thing was going around on social media around that, um, but you know, we actually last season we had a lot of injuries, but there was this bizarre uh, sort of narrative going around that we didn't have any injuries this season um we have had literally no luck with injuries and your point uh, you know about the fixtures Amy Kate so so Randy um after the the city game you know Klopp came out and he you know very articulate and erudite as he normally is but you know talking about the fixture list and how you know you can't you can't expect teams to come back, you know, if they're playing in Europe to then put them on at 12.30 on the Saturday. Um, and, you know, if you're playing on a Thursday, why would you give them the lunchtime uh, kickoff on a Sunday? Um, we've now got four games in 10 days when we come back from the international break. And surprise, surprise, uh, um, when we come back from from playing, uh, I think it's, I can't remember, it's one of our Champions League games. They've put us on at 12.30 on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. I yep. think it's, um, anyway, like I said, I can't remember. I'm not sure if it's the Atalanta game or anyway, regardless. I think it's yeah. one where we're travelling. But so, I, so, Randy, I guess, I guess this question to you is, you know, uh, the the... The, shed, the TV schedulers are, are clearly, you know, not listening. So, what what else can we do? I, you know, do do we just do we just play the kids so so they don't get a spectacle? I mean, we've we've run th- we've won, won three out of three in the Champions League, but you know, with with the slew of injuries we've got, I, I'm not quite sure kind of who we who we put out like you. Know, to Amy's point, I'm sure Klopp's got a plan, but um, yeah. he must be seriously pissed off now. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And I think, as you say, who are we going to play? And we might do that in one of the Champions League games, play the kids in a way. And I think that's fine and fair because I guess we would concentrate on the Premier League, trying to put a team together, a, a real proper first team together. Uh, and I think we, I think we should just go for it. Uh, try to use the whole squad as if it's anyone left, and uh, scramble it in one of the uh, Champions League games because we need the Premier League team to be as tipped up as possible. Um, so why not? And I also think maybe this year, 2020, is like anything could happen and. It, Everything will happen. It has so far. But maybe all the Premier League uh, teams are going to go together and sit down and say, so what do we do? Because it's not just Klopp these days. It used to be just Klopp uh, moaning about these things. Now they're all doing it. 
and uh, they gang up together as well. I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in Man United as well. You know, they're all talking about this. So maybe it's going to be a little revolution uh, <laughs> kicking <laughs> off. So they're all going to sit down and say, we're not going to play anymore unless we actually get a say in this because we have to work together. And I think they should. They have to work together, all the teams, all the television companies, because or else it's not going to be a league. It's going to be the second league in in two months. <laughs> and can I just say another thing about this? Because this is interesting. I saw um, a little comment on Twitter the other day saying, after we got this new physio from Arsenal, and I think that was in the start of the season, everything falls apart. Yeah. So maybe something in that. We have to look into it. <laughs> you know, he came back, though. Chris was our physio. And then he went to he Arsenal, was our physio. and then he came back. He was He's our physio. He's not anymore, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, had a, I have a friend who's an Arsenal fan that actually said you could have him back. All our players were injured. And I was like, yeah. okay. You know, so so it is ironic, I will say that. Um, is it the way we're we're recovering and training? I don't know, you know? No. I think it's just. A but I don't know. I don't know how much training we could be doing with the amount of games <clears throat> we've got. Right. We I think that, that's what Klopp was was saying. You know, it's it's basically they come back. You've got recovery. Um, you've got assessment. You've got uh, such, and then it's the next game. I don't even know how much training's actually happening. Yeah. But you know, the fir- our first game back after the international break is at home to Leicester, who are currently top of the league. Yeah, and, and actually looks fit. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they look fit, and we, you know, we're, we're hanging together with, you know, a bit of tape and some string. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Literally, it, right? It, 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 I mean, so, we're laughing, but it's true. It's, it, I, I don't even want to say, oh, God, what's going to happen now? Because something's going to happen. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been so chaotic. It has. I mean, the the thing that would the, that would piss me off royally is the thought of us losing our unbeaten home record to the Brodge. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and particularly with that rat-faced bastard Vardy in the team as well. I can't <laughs> stand him. Sorry, um, laughing. How do you so, really feel? Don't hold yeah. up your feelings. I mean, I, I'm assuming, you know, we are. So I'm working on the premise. We won't have Trent. Right. Um, he won't be ready in time. We definitely won't have uh, Virgil and Joe. Uh, I'm hoping that they're they're just, um, you know, having Matt sit on a little cotton wool cloud and, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> you know, just just use his phone or something. Don't don't use any <laughs> other muscle. Yeah. Um, so so you've then got okay so are we assuming that Fabino will will drop back because um you know he he will then be fit so we've got Fabino and Matip playing at center back in theory you know Robert so like we're assuming Robertson will fit if not back. yeah if not we've got <clears throat> Simicas or Simicas I think is how you pronounce it then I guess it's is it Milner is it Nico Williams is it Henderson, for example? Could you have Henderson play it right back? Um, 
uh, and then, like you say, uh, assuming everybody comes back and they're healthy. So Naby Keita played 90 minutes. Um, he played up front, apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. um, you know, Sadio Mane played for Senegal, scored a penalty. Um, you know, uh, they said that Edison is going to play in whatever Brazil game they've got rather than Alisson. That's fine by me. But of course, there was one of the Brazil's got tested positive for COVID. So, yeah. so you know, I'm sitting here on tenterhooks going, you know, that, that potentially takes Bobby and Ali out. Um, now, to your earlier point, um, Randy, you know, we know that Bobby's not been in the best form and maybe there is something to that. Maybe he does feed off the energy of a crowd and that's that's impacting his performance. I mean, you know, I, I would also argue he's played so much football over the last five years that maybe he's just hit a bit of a wall and he needs he just needs a, you know, he needs a rest more than more than anything. But, you know, we do have Jota who was playing for Portugal and fingers crossed doesn't get injured, but he's, yeah. you know, he's really hit the ground running. He's been a fantastic addition to the squad. We also, you know, Shakiri's come in from the cold up front. I think we're okay. Yeah. You know, injuries permitting it is our, it is our back line. Um, and the, you know, the fact that we can talk about, you know, Tiago coming back and, uh, you know, hopefully Ginny will be playing and, and so on and so forth. You know, we are the, the, the quality of our squad is so much better, um, you know, than it was five years ago when, when Klopp came. So, you know, we need to not forget that. But but those defensive injuries are, are you know, they're huge blows for us to yeah. absorb. Um and yes, I do think we will have to sign somebody in January. Yeah. I don't I don't know who that is. <coughs> we know that Michael Edwards will have you know, will have had his list and it's possible that they were looking for somebody in the summer, um, because they didn't sign a centre back and Klopp had said he was happy with his choices, but clearly, you know, having two of them ripped away from you means the world has changed. So I, I think I think the type of centre-back that they need to sign is different as well because it can't be a project in the same way, mm. in my view. So it needs to be somebody more like Tiago in terms of, a, and it's, I think, a somewhat established centre-back who can go straight into the team as opposed to a div job because mm-hmm. we yeah. don't... We've lost our two you know, first team regular starters. And Matip cannot be expected to play. He is just not robust enough, in my view, to be able to play two games a week, you know, for the next six months. So I don't know who the candidates might be. You know, I'm sure that Michael Edwards has got his his list on his laptop. Um, There's been various people mentioned. But the fact is, we definitely do need somebody who can come in and be a starter this can't be a development project that we that we've seen before just because uh, the scale of the people we've lost is are, are too important to us yeah and we also um, got three projects so ourselves you know going out we do 
We do. We've got Williams and we've got uh, Williams and we've got Van der Berg. And, and we've also kid. got Billy the Kid. And his <laughs> birthday today. His birthday <laughs> today. Hooray. Oh, well, He's happy actually birthday. growing up. <laughs> yeah, well, happy birthday to, to Billy for today, then. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, a, that's a little, little shout-out to Billy, although I'm not sure he's a regular listener of our pod, but who knows. Um, <laughs> he might be now. <laughs> he might be. You never know. Um, so you know, some, of, some of that, and we were talking about the, the injuries and everything, Thing. and obviously um, was injured at, at, at the City game which seems a lifetime ago so we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about it but um, I know that there's there's a few things that, that sort of came out of that uh, for us and it, and it could have been worse it could have been better um, we obviously ended up with the, with the draw um, Amy I know that um, you you were sort of highlighting the fact that you know De Bruyne missed a penalty possibly for the first time in his career which right. was which was helpful for us Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, but by the same token you know we you know we had we had a um was it Manet or something had a had a great chance with with the header and you know should probably should have done better should have buried it and Firmino uh should have lobbed the keeper I think he he also had a a great chance. So I think you know I think I think a draw was a fair result. You know they didn't gain ground. Uh, we didn't lose. We didn't lose ground. But you know when I when I think about you know when I think about that that game and and I think about the the, the league um, and where we are, um, you know. There is, there's a, you know, there's a big gap between five or six points uh, at this point in the season. But there's some interesting people at the top of the table. Um, yeah. yeah. Leicester, Leicester at top. You know, we're we're joint second, or you know, I know it's goal difference, but we're on the same points as Spurs. Um, and then we've got Southampton um, up there, which I think is a is a bit of a surprise. So. Yeah. Um, uh, again, I keep saying in this weirdest season of seasons. Um, <laughs> what you know? Where, where do you, where do you think this is this is going? Uh, what what do you think of the? Uh, do you think those will be the the rivals for us for the remainder of this season, or or do you expect other other teams to to appear at the top? Well, okay, this season has been so crazy. Twenty twenty is bizarre. So. I'm I'm looking for it to just be unexpecting, you know, I, I don't know what to expect. I really think that if we can get ourselves sorted with, with the injuries and COVID and any other thing that they're going to throw at us, um, you know, VAR, um, that's a whole other beast. Yeah. Um, I still think that we definitely are in the running to win league again. Um, I, I still have confidence in that. With that being said, um, I definitely think that, <clears throat> sorry, um, I definitely think that there's going to be some new um, people up front running for it, you know, but I, I don't, I don't know. I can't even really say because it's so bizarre. I, 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 I'm shocked that Southampton is, you know, 
technically yeah. fourth because of um, us with and Tottenham and and Leicester. Um, Leicester doesn't surprise me. Um, mm. Tottenham is, you know, usually one of the front runners in the beginning, and then they fall apart. So I'm expecting them to drop off um, at some point. Chelsea's fifth even, right now. Even with even with Jose in charge. Well, historically, not that that means anything, but even, you know, looking at his history, he always falls apart at some point. So <laughs> I just don't know if, if, if that point's here yet. Um, <laughs> no, you know, that's true. Um, you know, Villa is... It's all right. That was, no, I was just going to say it's normally about year three, but of course that... that that time frame is getting shorter and shorter with Mourinho. So yeah, right. who the hell and, knows? And, anyway, keep yeah. going. Exactly. So, um, you know, Villa has been, you know, the, the, the team that kind of scares me, <laughs> you know, cause they've, they've done some damage. They're sixth right now um, sitting at 15 points. So, I mean, yes, they're six, but they're only, you know, two points from three points on the top one game um and they have a game in hand so that says something so they're they're somebody to look at um I do want to laugh but you know first four games Everton looked a little dangerous but you know you kind of knew they were going to drop off and and you know they're they're seventh but again you look at that it they're I mean there's a they're at 13 so that's kind of, I think right there, you know, the top six right now are kind of very tight. And then, it, then, then there's mm-hmm. Everton. Um, I just want to point out that city is 10th and uh, United's 14th. Just, just thought that we'd share that. Um, <laughs> uh, that's so you know, funny. It is a strange, strange season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, um, it's bizarre. Um, Leeds had come out strong, but they've dropped. Um, I don't even know at this point. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I, even know what to say. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I the bookies must be having a great time with this. Yeah, know? yeah. I think this is. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I think this is the most unpredictable of seasons. And absolutely. I'm 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 very surprised at Sheffield United actually, considering how well they did last season. But they, mm-hmm. you know, they've sort of gone off the edge of a cliff. Uh, I, I I don't believe West Brom will uh, survive. You know, I may well yeah. be proved wrong, but I just I I don't think they have a strong enough squad. Um, and I think Fulham will struggle. Outside of that, I think all bets are off for everything in between. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, European places. But, you know, we, we mentioned we mentioned the Viva word, Randy. Um, and there has been some, uh, uh, you know, some initial analysis done on those first few games where we have been the most negatively impacted by VAR. In yeah. terms of goals disallowed, points lost, penalties given, penalties not given, 
you know, and and you're right, you know, we could have a pod just on VAR. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I come back to, and we, we sort of talked about this on an earlier pod, but one is around the application of VAR, but the other bit is around the laws and the, the and the change of interpretation for things like handball and offside, which are just nonsensical um, and nobody understands what they mean. Um, and then we're surprised when you have completely inconsistent decisions uh, made. But VAR was, was ne- you know, VAR is supposed to be there to, you know, resolve what they call clear and obvious errors but i uh, you know it's not doing that it's mm. actually making things worse because of the way it's being used and uh, uh, amy kate i don't know whether you ever watch any of the mls but as i understand it in the mls the way they use var is quite different they do um, yes and it's it's really as a um, so I'm I will get this wrong I'm sure but uh, isn't it used as a sort of an adjunct um, for for the you know like as a referee support it gets called in at certain points as opposed to the way that we're doing it where it's like the refer the referee's view um, and then VAR. As opposed that's, to everything that's checked by VAR in England by the looks yeah. of it. Yeah, they are using it differently. Um, I Just with everything going on, um, I haven't been able to watch as many games this season. Um, because of the fact that MLS is in my country, um, I want to support it. But at the same time, it's just not on the same level. And I'm kind of very disappointed in the way things are run. Um, so I've kind of gotten a little disenchanted with it, but, um, I, I know that they do do it differently and, and uh, I don't want to say they do it better than, than what we're doing right now. It's, it's, and they're also, you know, changing things around. I read somewhere that, you know, yeah, the, the final say is with, with the, the rough now, which didn't before. And I, I don't know. I, I'm, at this point, I don't even know what the rules are. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> you know, I used to know what offsides was, but I don't know what, I mean, I still know what offsides is, but I don't know what their offsides is. Is it, is it a toe? Is it an armpit? Is it a, like, the, everything keeps changing that makes it very difficult. Like, we, we got a VAR against us, and then they turned around and awarded a goal for the same thing on the other side. I don't know where they're coming from. I don't even know what the what they're looking at and that's what's throwing me off is that I just don't understand what they're using how they're using VAR no I'm, I'm Randy yeah I mean I don't I don't know uh, for, from your side I've certainly got friends that I go to the game with who are becoming progressively more disenchanted mm-hmm. with the uh, with the game because of VR because it it takes the it's beginning to take away the spontaneity of being able to a goal and and I guess one of the best examples of that more recently I don't know if you saw it the other night in the penalty shootout with Scotland 
when the yeah. goalkeeper saved the fifth penalty from Serbia and you know everybody jumped up and he stopped yeah. and he looked at the referee and he didn't know whether he that was going to be checked by VAR and he was going to you know be done for encroachment or whatever it is and have to like retake the penalty and it's mm. that that split second thing where you know you you don't know whether you're allowed to celebrate or not and that just feels fundamentally wrong that was never the purpose of VAR as mm. i understand it so but i don't know what you think randy no, I completely follow you because it used to be uh, immediate reactions to everything. Now we sort of, and, and, and still in the olden days, they could disallow a goal, you know, but, but it wasn't that regular. Now it's like any incident, people stop up and they can't celebrate and they wait and, and it's all this going on. And I think especially when it comes to um, um, offside, earlier it was a linesman there with a flag you know so you could and you could dislike it or whatever but it was made a decision there and then straight away now they always continue the whole attack people score and all sorts of things happen um and the time goes you know this they spend the time on all this going on and then of course it's a it's a a foul you know so it it makes it, it really changes the game I think and I don't Obviously, I don't like it. Uh, and it used to be also the fact that they could make wrong decisions. Now they are supposed to make right decisions all the time, but they still make them wrong. It's just more people making the wrong decision. <laughs> and also the fact that the yeah, ref... You and, know, and, that... and more people be, be, and more people being able to see how they've made the wrong decision yes. as well. It is yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? So they have to explain all these things going on, and it, it, it's time wasting. It's, and I think psychology plays a part in in the game, obviously. And these days, what happens to us, I think, is obvious because you're not going to give the champions any advantage, are you? So you're going to make sure you're not doing it. So you're bound to give them disadvantage. <laughs> this is what happens all the time. And and that's fine. That would happen without VAR as well. Now it's just mm. being ridiculously uh, explained, you know, all the time. So and also I think the ref is now leaning on VAR where they should not be. They yeah. are in the game. They should make the fucking decision. You know, they're not now. They're leaning on something and then they can always go back, but they don't. So it's strange. Well, I, I actually, I think that's a that's a really important point, Randy. Is that um, some referees? I won't say all, but I think some referees feel they've got a get out of jail free card now. Yeah. Because in theory, VAR will check it, and if they've got something wrong, then they can reverse their decision as opposed to actually refereeing what they're seeing in front of them. Um. Or they're not sure. I don't know. Maybe it's not their confidence. They don't want to be seen to be making the wrong decision. So they make no decision. Yeah. And, you know, you can I know we shouldn't I shouldn't still go on about it. But that Pickford challenge is still I find it mind blowing that, you know, 
every every reason that was given made less sense than the last one as to why no action was taken. So, <laughs> you know, we are where we are on that. Um, but it is it is in danger of ruining a game it was there to enhance, and I think they need to think really, really carefully um, about this in terms of how this is going to be implemented for the future. Because I I was a great advocate for it. I thought it was something that would help referees. I thought you know we've got goal line technology you know that works really well mm. this is the next logical step i'm coming coming to the the conclusion because it's not removing the controversy get rid of it complete and go back to refereeing refereeing the game and then we can argue about whether it was offside or not <laughs> but at least it's 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 happening in the moment and it's in real time as opposed to sitting there for five minutes in the stadium whilst, you know, five people in a box in Stockley Park argue about drawing lines on a screen. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I, I've kind of swung pretty much the other way now. Um, so I'm conscious of the time and we've um and we've been having a lovely chat so we're coming on to uh any other business so randy sings you had the floor um let's start with you you got any other business for us this time round? uh <laughs> just keep everyone fit please and uh i'm really looking forward to is a bit early now, but I'm looking forward to see what um, Edward's got up his sleeve for January because it's going to be something spectacular. I'm sure we're going to land somebody that is going to go straight in and help us. But at the moment, just keep everyone fit that is fit now and please send everyone back home from wherever they are without that ridiculous disease. Yes. <laughs> Big call for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can only echo, echo your sense. Of <laughs> uh, Amy, Kate, uh, any other business for you? I um, ditto on that. You know, I just want our players to be healthy, and um, no more COVID. Um, there's, I just want to, I, I want us to continue on that. Uh, that path of, of, of winning. So um, I just want everybody to be safe and, and, and not get injured anymore and not get COVID and, and the ones that are, you know, on injury that they, they have a speedy recovery. And, um, and I'm interested to see how things go um, at the, at the new, uh, I almost said no one, but <laughs> at, yeah. at, uh, AXA, is that how they're saying it? What is, Axa. What is the, yeah, what it Axa. is, it, okay. it is the new Melwood, basically, but it's <laughs> yeah. in Kirby. Yeah. But yes, it's the uh, AXA Training Centre, I believe, is its yes. official name. So, yeah. Um, I'm just uh, looking forward to uh, seeing some positivity. And, and the ladies will be playing Sunday. Um, Liverpool ladies play um, Blackburn Rovers Sunday morning, or Sunday mm -hmm. morning for me, sorry, 2 o'clock. <laughs> UK time, um, and they're showing it all all the channels. So um, let's support oh, um, Liverpool yeah. ladies. Yeah, actually, we should let's call them do that. Women. They're actually they're actually having a decent season. Yeah, do, they? yeah, I'd like to see them come back. I mean, they just they got robbed with 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 COVID. I mean, don't get me wrong, they weren't like 
doing that great in the first place. And but we don't know what would have happened if they would have been able to complete their season. So um, I, I encourage everybody to, you know, especially since there's Liverpool isn't playing, the men aren't playing this weekend, you know, support the women. Oh, Let's and, do and- that. And we don't give a monkeys about England. Uh, maybe some listeners to this will do, but but <laughs> frankly we don't. And and England don't know how to look after nice things, so they shouldn't get any no. of our players anymore. Um, no, I'm taking them back. <laughs> yeah, we're taking them back, and we're keeping them. So, uh, but yes, no, th- that's a that's a good shout out. Um, thank you, Amy Kate. So, uh, my last bit of any other business is um, I don't know whether you would have picked up in the news we had a little bit of a kerfuffle with our um, now ex FA chairman yes. Uh, yes. Greg Clark um, <laughs> yes. in, in his um, submissions to the, the select committee at parliament where he you know I, I, do, I do really despair to be honest and the thing is I think there's part of me that uh, sort of talks, you know, thinks that, you know, him using that that term for for black people is a is a generational thing. And he talked about the fact that, you know, having spent, you know, time working other places, actually, that's a terminology that he should use. And mm-hmm. I could almost forgive that because actually you don't want to focus on one word in terms of losing the message. Mm. around all of the work we're trying to do around diversity and inclusion but what I can't accept is then him talking around you know South Asian you know players you know their parents don't want you know want them to be doctors and you know coming out is a lifestyle choice and women don't like having the ball hit hard at them and you just go it's just a litany of of stupidity and Mm. Um, just ignorance and and I just what I worry about is that in all of the furore about what he said we kind of move away from focusing on what what's been done and some really fantastic stuff's been done but what we still need to do um, I also think what they and I and I don't mean this in a in a thing because there are really really talented people. They need a woman to head mm. up that organisation, right? That that would in in and of itself, in my mm. view, bring a sea change. Um, and it isn't about a tokenism or anything, but actually it's about sending a message to say, right. <laughs> A woman is more than capable of running an organisation like this, um, which is which is full of, frankly, old misogynistic mm. white blokes who've sat there for 70 years um, as their regional committee chairman and have no interest in change or evolving their their you know their local FA associations. And you need to start from the top. And you need to have a like a singular appointment that sends the shockwaves through the organisation that says change is happening um, and actually mm. make it easier to get people on the local grassroots committees, because that's the only way you're going to get changed, you know, systemic yeah. change through that organisation. Yeah. 
Um, so here, here. I, I suppose my <laughs> what I'm saying is, don't don't lose the message in the media report. There is there's good work that has been done. There's more work that needs to be done. Um, but don't don't get diverted by all of the media attention on the stuff. So that's that's but me. That's, that's my little shout. soapbox thing. Absolutely. That's a good shot. Can I just say, in Norway, yeah. we actually have a, a woman at the top of uh, top football. And it was a bit of a, you know, talking point when it happened. But now it's just like, of course, yeah. you know. Business it's, as usual. And it needs to start at the top because, as you said, it's going to take 100 years going from uh, the bottom. So you need to do something yeah. at the top. Yeah. OK, so... Uh, uh, we're going to draw a line there, ladies. So, uh, so thank you very much for joining me for this latest Live of Bird pod. Amy, Kate, I appreciate you being awake at three o'clock in the morning or whatever the hell time <laughs> it is now over there. Um, yeah, so thank it's you. 3 a.m. here. Oh, dear. So, so thank you. I uh, do appreciate your sterling efforts for us. Um, Randy, it's a pleasure as always uh, hearing hearing about what's going on in the in the northern hemisphere on the other side. <laughs> thank you, um, listeners. Thank you very much for joining us uh, this time round. Uh, stay safe out there. A vaccine is coming, fingers crossed, and we will talk to you again very soon. Thanks for listening. Life goes on day after day Hearts torn in every way So fairy, cross the mercy Cause this land's the place I love And here I'll stay Podcast Network.